0: You're listening to to
1: A A Mamma Mia podcast From Mamma Mia, hi I'm Claire Murphy Welcome to The Quickie, getting you up to speed daily Last Friday, Harry and Meghan welcomed their second child, a bouncing baby girl, into the world. The Sussexes are now a family of four. Harry and Meghan announcing the arrival of Lilybet Diana, Mountbatten, Windsor, named in honour of her grandmother and great-grandmother. While little Lilibet Diana Mountbatten-Windsor doesn't have a title right now, one event could see that all change. Today, we look at how royal titles actually work and who little Lily will become once her great-grandmother is no longer on the throne. There are one or two things I'd like to discuss with you. The first is my title, the one you bestow upon me when I get married. Oh. York. York? Yes, York, the idea just came to me. It's the dukedom
0: that traditionally goes to the second eldest and has long military associations.
1: As in the grand old Duke of? Exactly. That's the Queen, played by Olivia Colman, and Prince Andrew, played by Tom Byrne, in season four of The Crown, discussing Andrew's married royal title. Aside from the title of King and Queen... It can be quite a confusing mix of given titles, earned titles, inherited titles and the rejection of titles descending from there. The newest member of the royal family, Harry and Meghan's newborn daughter Lilibet Diana Mountbatten-Windsor, the name hailing from the Queen's father who used it when Elizabeth wasn't able to pronounce her own name properly as a child, is, like her brother Archie Harrison Mountbatten-Windsor, not a prince or princess they are considered too far removed from the Crown under more than 100-year-old rules. However, as Mamma Mia's head of content and Out Loud co-host Holly Wainwright explains, that could all change when the Queen passes away. They do not have an HRH, and remember all the fuss about that just after the Oprah
0: interview and they were saying that he didn't have a title, Archie, and nor will Lilibet, but they will when Charles is king because the grandchildren of the monarch do have titles. So apart from the heir to the throne, so that's why Prince William's children have titles, other great-grandchildren of the monarch are not necessarily going to get a title. But once they are the grandchildren of the reigning monarch, they can have titles and they will probably be Prince Archie, H.R.H. Prince Archie, and Lily will be H.R.H. Princess Lilibet. But down the line... They'll inherit their dad's titles, so they'll probably become dukes and
1: duchesses when Harry finally goes. So how do all the other titles work? Why do they get a new one when they get married? And how will it change the royal family when all these titles move about post the Queen's reign? Holly, let's look at the Cambridge children first. They're already prince and princess. Do their titles change at all when their granddad becomes king? No, they'll probably stay princes and princesses,
0: until they get other titles bestowed upon them, as often happens. So monarchs can bestow titles however they want, right? So famously, Princess Anne, so the second child of the Queen, chose for her children, so the Queen's grandchildren on her line, to not have titles. Now, at the time when Princess Anne had her babies, we still had a more archaic system where female heirs didn't automatically get titles. That was actually changed in 2012. But the Queen, because she loves Anne anyway, she said to Anne when she had her first child, Philip, she said, if you want titles, you can have them. I'm going to make an exception and bestow them on you if you want. And Princess Anne famously said no. And she's been on the record about this. She has no regrets about it. She thinks that actually not having titles has given her children more opportunity. And Zara Tyndall, who is one of those children who could have been a Princess Zara if she'd have wanted, has echoed that and said, thanks, mum, for making that choice. That was good. Obviously, other royals did not make that choice. Prince Andrew and Prince Edward, there are no real reasons why his children got titles, but they did because I guess they wanted them. So what happens is the Queen can decide if she wants to. She wants to make you happy. So, for example, Prince Anne's oldest, who doesn't have a title, when he got married, the Queen apparently said, hey, do you want one? You can have one if you want one. She was going to give him an earl of something, an earldom. And he said, no, I don't. So when... George, Louis and Charlotte get married, their granddad might decide to bestow titles upon them other than Prince and Princess.
1: Why do they get a new title when they get married? So this is how we know the Cambridges and the Sussexes and all of those. Why does that even happen?
0: I think it basically happens for the breeding line so that you can have more little duchesses and dukes and all those things so that you've got proper titles to pass on. because you can't pass down necessarily just prince and princess to everybody. The whole idea of it back in history is that these were landowning people. So these were the people that the king or the queen, well, the king generally speaking at the time, had decided these are my main men they're going to run stuff around here. So I'm going to make you the Duke of this and you the Earl of that. And you're in charge of stuff. And there's obviously a hierarchy. Duke and Duchess are at the top. And then there's like Marquis this and Earl that. And, you know, there are lots of these titles, but they all go back to that idea of when they were in charge of things and they were going around collecting the taxes to ultimately give to the royalty. Now, obviously, None of that means anything anymore. But landed gentry, so this very small band of people in Britain still do own large tracts of land and still do enjoy certain privileges. But that group of people is shrinking all the time. There are about 30 dukes, for example, in Britain, and it's getting harder and harder to get a title because for obvious reasons it's not so popular anymore to be handing out all this privilege just based on your lineage as it were. So when you get bestowed a title, it comes with its certain responsibility and certain status and the Queen can give them to whoever she wants, whenever she wants.
1: So since Charles has taken on the Duke of Edinburgh role, since his father has passed away, when he becomes King Charles, if he does keep his name, which we presume he will, does that then make William the Prince of Wales? Yes. So William and Kate will become
0: the Prince and Princess of Wales because the Prince of Wales is the heir apparent. And so their titles will shuffle up. They will probably keep their other titles, their
1: Cambridges as well. You can have more than one royal title at a time. So when the Queen does actually pass away, what happens to her actual children's titles? So Andrew, Edward and Anne, do they remain the same? Do their positions change at all when she passes?
0: I don't think so. I think they will remain princes and princesses unless Charles decides to bestow different titles on them. So I think if he chooses to make Edward a Earl of so-and-so or a Duke of such-and-such, he can do that.
1: The birth of little Lily has been met with love from the other members of the royal family. A statement from Buckingham Palace read, the Queen, the Prince of Wales and the Duchess of Cornwall and the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge have been informed and are delighted with the news of the birth of a daughter for the Duke and Duchess of Sussex. Prince William and Kate posted on Instagram, we're all delighted by the happy news of the arrival of baby Lily. Congratulations, Harry, Meghan and Archie. And despite allegations that Meghan and Harry had not asked permission to use the Queen's nickname, a source from Buckingham Palace reportedly telling the BBC, Harry says that's not the case, and that he would not have used the name if his grandmother had said no. He's now threatening legal action. So when Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II passes away, after the mourning period has ended and all the titles reshuffled, his children becoming prince and princess. Will the rift between Prince Harry and the rest of his family continue or will it go some way to healing the troubles?' You'd like
0: to think so, wouldn't you? There are reports around this week that the Queen, she was obviously consulted despite all the hoo-ha about Lilibet and the name and the fact that's a very intimate nickname of the Queen's and, oh, how disrespectful and all these things. She was obviously consulted and she has apparently invited Harry to attend a family lunch when he visits Britain next month for the unveiling of a statue of his late mum, Diana. I think that the rifts hopefully will begin to heal. I think what will be very interesting is to see that when Charles is king and Harry's status goes up a little bit, because obviously when the Queen passes away, everybody shuffles up the ranks just a tiny bit more, um, because William and his children are all ahead of Harry, obviously. I think it will be interesting to see if Harry's decisions shift in any way about how involved or not he wants to be in his heritage, in his royal family, because... It would, for example, be a very unusual thing for him to take titles for his kids but not have any involvement. You know, like to be living in LA and not have royal duties and not have royal security and not have royal monies but still keep those titles would be a little bit odd. So I think that if he chooses that, if they choose to fall into that more traditional line of titles and everything, it probably signify a little bit more of a coming together.
1: That's the quickie for today. This episode was produced by myself, Claire Murphy, and our executive producer, Siobhan Moran-McFarlane, with audio production by Ian Camilleri. And if you're raising little girls and boys and all the gender fluidity in between, maybe you're wondering if you should ever nurture your children according to their gender. Lee and Teagan from this Glorious Mess Little Kids podcast break down some gender myths. So how do you think culture does play into these
0: things? So from a young age, we're obviously expecting certain things or have gender
1: expectations. What are we doing wrong as parents to kind of stereotype our own children? I think that culture is the water that we all swim in.
0: And there is this expression that, you know, a fish doesn't know that it's in water because it's all it's ever known. And culture is kind of that for us. And so as parents, as caregivers, as adults, we also grew up in this culture. So it can be really hard sometimes to see the gender stereotypes that are there. And I think as a society, we are certainly more aware than we ever have been, which is fantastic. And there's research to show particularly that parents of zero to three year olds are very aware of gender stereotypes and want those to change. But it's so deeply ingrained that I think that we often hold assumptions for how our girls or boys should
1: act. And that comes out in our parenting. Check out this glorious mess, little kids, in your favourite podcast app today. Mamma Mia acknowledges
0: the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present,
1: and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures.